Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for this gathering because it's unto no other name but unto the name of Jesus. For your word says, wherever two or three are gathered in your name, you are there in their midst. Holy Spirit, I ask that you shall take absolute control. As I'm about to speak your word, may I not speak of my own accord, but may I speak as you grant me utterance. By virtue of the fact that I'm a blood-born citizen of the kingdom of God, I take authority in the realm of the spirit and I declare a supernatural injunction on any activity of the enemy in this place. Declare this place and the hearts and the minds of the people of God sanctified and made ready for them to have an encounter with their father this morning. Take glory, Father. Take glory, Son. Take glory, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' most excellent name, have we prayed with thanksgiving. Amen. Shall we put our hands together for the Lord? It is all right to add a shout of praise to it. The fasting should not be a hindrance to the shouting and the praising. Come on, lift your voice and give a shout of praise unto God. Hallelujah. You may take your seats. How many of you are excited to be in church this morning? We thank God for church. In fact, it just occurred to me that this is exactly eight Sundays. So that means we are two-month-old church. Let's give the Lord a clap and a shout of praise. Hallelujah. Two months of God's goodness. Eight services. Hallelujah. And we thank God. We, 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 we can't say anything but just to say thank, thank you to God. Amen. Because it's, it's been by his grace. Hallelujah. Amen. And how many, how many of you think that the fasting is powerful? The fasting is very, very powerful. Very, very powerful. Yeah, you should be here seven to eight every evening. It's fireworks. This evening we are coming again. Amen. Amen. We'll pray and then we'll worship and we'll go into the week. Hallelujah. Amen. So make sure you come. And as you know, because this is our month of prayer, after I finish teaching, we practicalize the teaching. Hallelujah. So this month we are closing at 9.30 instead of at 9 o'clock. Because once again I'll be the prayer secretary myself today. Amen. And we're going to pray some red hot and boiling prayers. Amen. Yes. So we are going to continue from where we left off. Um, before I start the sermon, I just want to tell you that, um, you know, I haven't done this since we started church. Um, but at a point in time it has to come in. Amen. I told you we're trusting God to air condition this place because we have to start having evening services and half nights and stuff like that. And there are residential areas around. We don't want problems with the neighbors. So we want to start an air conditioning project. And we want to do it or part of it before the community health nursing students come in and they are coming to school next week. So we are trusting God that by some miraculous means Amen? amen? Oh, I thought the amen would be stronger because I'm sure you know where I'm going. <laughs> we'll be able to at least do the first phase of the project in the coming week so that next week Sunday, if you are sitting here, we can see that the walls have been pasted with air conditioner vents. Hallelujah. Amen. We brought somebody to do an estimate. And for the first phase, we are going to need approximately 7,000 Ghana cities to do the first phase of it. The first phase. So today, after I have preached and we have prayed powerfully, I'll just give out, out envelopes. I'm not going to mention any amounts. As God leads you. Everybody say, as God leads you. As God. as God leads you, you give towards that 
project. Is that powerful? Hallelujah. Amen. Now, I'm going to continue from where I started off. I'm, I'm doing a teaching series on the subject of prayer. And I'll just do a quick recap for the benefit of those who were not here last week. I basically established some biblical truths about why prayer is important. Because we keep asking ourselves a lot of times, if God is sovereign, why do we have to pray? He's going to do what he wants to do anyway. And I prove to you from scripture, from Genesis chapter 1 verse 26, that because of two words that God spoke, let them. He has said, let us make man in our own image. And he said, let them. Once he said, let them, it means he could have said, let us, if he wanted to. So he took himself out of that equation. And he said, let them have dominion over the earth. That means as far as legal operation and administration and whatever on the earth is concerned, that legal right was given unto man. And God has placed his word above his own name. That means he himself is under his word. That means God is as sovereign as what he has spoken. Amen. So he has given that dominion to man on earth. That means anything that has to be done legally on this earth, it has to be done through man. That is why when he himself wanted to come and undo the work that Satan did, or the damage he did in the Garden of Eden, he had to bundle himself into the womb of a woman and come onto the earth to accomplish that purpose. Amen. So prayer is basically man who has been given dominion on this earth, giving God permission, license, to come and interfere in the affairs of men. Hallelujah. So that's basically what prayer is. God has given us that dominion. We are supposed to have dominion on the earth. He took himself out by saying, let them. If he wanted to say, let us, he would have said it because a few sentences before, he has said, let us make man. Hallelujah. So anytime we pray, basically what we are doing is that we are telling God, come into this situation. Amen. And throughout the Bible, anything God did, he either did it with a cooperation of man, through man, or as a result of man crying out for him to come down and do it. God went to Moses. He said, my people are in affliction. They have cried unto me and I have come to deliver them. So I'm sure Moses would have said, ah, then why, so, so why have you come to me? Because he needed to do it the legal way. Amen. He needed a man to use. Hallelujah. So that is why prayer is important. And I established the fact that we are priests. Everybody say we are priests. Say it again. We are priests. And I showed you that the first priesthood was after the order of Aaron. And that was a different priesthood altogether. They operated in the tabernacle, the holy place, the, the, the altar called the holy place and the holy of holies. And this priesthood changed hands when Jesus Christ stood in front of the high priest called Caiaphas. Because the Bible tells us that when Jesus Christ said that he was the son of God or alluded to the fact that he was the son of God, Caiaphas stripped his clothes off and i showed you earlier on that according to the laws high priests were not supposed to strip off their clothes there were certain things that if a high priest did it was more or less an indication that you have handed over your job so jesus standing in front of caiaphas spiritually was actually a handing over ceremony because the bible has said that jesus Christ's priesthood will be after the order of melchizedek amen and we are priests and kings after the order of jesus the priesthood changed. The temple or the tabernacle also changed. 
can we have that diagram that I showed you the other time? Now, it wasn't temples made with human hands. Now, the Bible said, you are the temple of the Holy Ghost. Now, the three sections, the holy place, the holy, the, sorry, the, the, the outer court, the holy place, and the holy of holies now correspond to the flesh or the body. That is the outer court, which is your outer human being. And then the soul is the holy place and your spirit, where the spirit of God resides. Just like how in the holy of holies, the Shekinah glory of God resided on the the, 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 the Ark of the Covenant, you have the Holy Spirit inside your spirit. So that is the Holy of Holies. So the priesthood changed, the temple also changed from buildings into the human being himself. So I made you know that when you are talking about going into God's presence, now it's not necessarily a place that you go to. It is breaking through the flesh, breaking through the soul, and then engaging God in your spirit. So when you say, I feel the presence of God, what it means is that you have gone past the flesh, you have gone past the soul, and you have entered the spirit because that is where God is. Hallelujah. And we are priests. Our priesthood is such that we can walk boldly into the presence and the throne room of God. Those after the order of Aaron, they had to go there once a year. And even that one, they had to make sure they had no sin. Because if you go there with sin, you'll be struck down. So that was a different one. We are free to enter into the presence of God and into the throne room of God boldly. Hallelujah. So that is where I stopped. And I'm going to take up, I'm going to continue from there. Today, I'm going to go into certain practicalities. I want to show you exactly what happens in the realm of the spirit when you go down on your knees and you begin to pray. Amen. I believe when you realize this, it will help you to pray better, help you to pray longer, because you know what you are doing is actually achieving something in the realm of the spirit. Amen. Amen. Now, the priesthood has changed. The temple has changed. The priests were supposed to go to God to petition him on behalf of the people. Another role of the priest was for him to burn incense. Everybody say incense was for, for the priest to burn incense in the temple. It was one of the roles of the priest, to burn incense. So if the priesthood has changed, and the temple has changed, I believe the incense too must change. Hallelujah. Those days the incense was, you know, these fragrant things that they burn and it produces smoke. Produces smoke, and the smoke fills the building. So that is incense physical incense but now that the priesthood has changed and the temple has changed the incense must also change so somebody will ask what is this incense that the priests you and I are supposed to burn unto the Lord now turn with me to the book of Revelation chapter 5 verse 8 and I'll show you what this incense is Revelation 5 8 this time give me the the, is it the ERV or, or, or what they call it? The ERV. Yes, the one you were giving me last time that I rejected. This time I want it. ERV. <laughs> Revelation chapter 5, verse 8. The stone that the builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. All right. It says, And when he had taken the scroll, 
the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down. You know, we are told that these 24 elders and four, they surround the throne of God. They are the ones that have the closest contact with God and they are worshiping God continually. He said, when you are taking the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb, each holding a harp and golden bowls full of incense. Everybody say incense. Which are what? The prayers of the saints. Hallelujah. So the temple has changed. The priesthood has changed. The incense has also changed from a physical burning object that produced fragrance in the temple and now the incense is the prayers of the saints. Hallelujah. So what this scripture is trying to tell us is that these 24 elders and prayers, when we say prayers, it includes worship as well. When we're worshiping this prayer. Hallelujah. What the Bible is telling us is that these four living creatures and 24 elders that are constantly worshiping God, what they use to worship God is the prayers you and I offer here on earth. Hallelujah. For them to be able to worship God effectively, you must provide the incense with which they worship God. You must contribute to that incense. You must lift up prayer. You must lift up worship. So since you are the temple, and the temple must constantly have incense burning in it, the question is, does your temple lack incense? There are a lot of incense pinic <laughs> temples in the house of God. Let me show you Exodus. Read Exodus 37. Now we can go back to King James Version. KJV. KJV. <laughs> Exodus 37. I want to show you the regularity with which incense has to be provided in the house, in the temple. Exodus 37. King James. Hey. The stone doesn't want to be rejected again. Alright. And Aaron... And you know the first priesthood was after the order of Aaron. Okay? He said, And Aaron shall bear thereon, shall bear thereon, sweet word, incense, when? Every morning. Have you burned some incense this morning? <laughs> Hallelujah. Every morning, every day, you must burn some incense unto the Lord. You must lift up your voice in prayer. You must lift up your voice in praise. You must lift up your voice in worship. That is what is required of us as priests. You can't have a priest that doesn't burn incense. You must burn incense. Tomorrow, if you are going to pray, somebody asks you, where are you going? You say, Chala, they go burn some incense. They go burn some incense. Hallelujah. Every morning you are expected to burn some incense. No wonder Jesus Christ, the Bible said it was his custom that a little while before daybreak, he will wake up, separate himself, and go to commune with the Father. That is the best time of the day to pray. Early in the morning. When nothing else has caught your attention. Because later when I'm teaching you about why it's difficult, I gave you a gist the other time. That sometimes when you start to pray, because now the temple is flesh, so spirit, you start from the flesh, outer courts, at that time it's difficult, there are distractions, you break into the soul, before you enter the spirit, that is when you really start communing with God. 
you've gone through the day and things have come upon your mind and somebody has said something you don't like and somebody did something that annoyed you sometimes it becomes more difficult to break into the spirit because those things are distractions hallelujah so in the morning make god the first thing in your life when nobody has said anything to you when nobody has disrespected you when nobody has insulted you go into the presence of god and commune with him hallelujah you must burn incense every morning and when the bible talks about the prayers being as incense you know sometimes when you want to see somebody made a certain statement a long time ago and it made a strong impression on me this is somebody who used to be in the occult and he made a statement he was giving his testimony and he said he wishes god will make every believer a witch for just one minute that is when you understand the power of prayer so just one minute so sometimes when you want to know the effectiveness of prayer it's also good to look at it from the perspective of those who have been on the other side hallelujah of course whatever testimonies they give will have to be in line with the word of god amen a lot of books have been written about people's experiences in in hell and stuff like that those things are biblical people can have such experiences paul himself was caught into the third heavens so these experiences are permitted but when those books drop on your laps you have to check what has been written in there with the word of god hallelujah i came across one such story where a certain gentleman when the mother was pregnant with him the parents dedicated him to satan in the, in the mother's womb literally dedicated him to satan he received impartation for satanic anointing while he was in his mother's womb while some people are being called prophets from their mother's womb some people are also being called satanists from their mother's womb so this boy by the time he grew up was four years five years six years the story said his own parents started fearing him because the kind of things the guy could do by the time he was an adult his hands were bloodstained because he could kill without mercy this is somebody heavily anointed by satan killing destroying things and this gentleman after he became a christian gave his story he said those of them who were serving satan they used to go on shifts they used to work on shifts those people they don't sleep oh that's why you must not sleep hallelujah they don't sleep they work on shift very highly regulated shifts they go this person this. so this one is assigned to a particular church that bring confusion bring laziness bring offense bitterness things start scattering them me i know they started planning for us but the bible says i shall build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it that is why we will not sleep i thought we are a praying church hallelujah when we sleep that is when the enemy will come and sow tears amongst us but we won't give him the chance at all we're going to constantly be burning the incense of prayer in this place he said one day he was assigned to a particular church and he started working confusion started coming the church was dividing church was breaking up all sorts of things and god laid it upon the heart of the pastor to call a fast like the way we are fasting now amen, amen. so they started fasting they started praying and you know he had the ability to come out of his body and move around in the air they call it astral projection so one day they were having a meeting and his spirit was hovering on top 
of the building. And let me read what he said. Let me read what happened. He said, so one day the man left his body in his room to go astral traveling. He led a powerful force of demonic spirits against the church. He said, his spirit moved through the air over the church and tried to attack it. But there was a covering of light over the church. Somebody say a covering of light. Suddenly an army of angels attacked them and fought against them in the air. All the demons fled, but he was arrested by the angels. He found himself being held by about six angels. They brought him to the roof right before the church altar. He just appeared there as the people were praying. They were in deep prayer, engaged in spiritual warfare, binding and breaking and casting out. The pastor, look, there is still room for spiritual warfare in church. Hallelujah. There's room for spiritual warfare. As I keep telling you, the armor of God is not for going for dinner. It's for warring. Hallelujah. So don't be against warfare prayers. They are important. The pastor was on the platform leading the prayers and the warfare. Like I'll be leading you today. Hallelujah. The spirit of the Lord spoke to the pastor. The yoke has been broken and the victim is here before you. Help him through deliverance. As the pastor opened his eyes, he saw the young man lying there. His body was with him and he was in his body. The young man said that he doesn't know how his body joined him. Mind you, he was lying in his room. It was the spirit that projected. But the angels brought his body, put it in the, in the, in the spirit and brought him down. Today you will be delivered. That is what prayer can do. Hallelujah. His body was with him. He didn't know how he had entered it and all he knew was that the angel had carried him through the roof. The pastor silenced the church and told them what the Lord had spoken to him and then asked the young man, who are you? The young man was trembling as the demons began to come out of him. So they prayed for his deliverance and afterwards he began to share his story. Hallelujah. Things happen in the spirit when we lift up our voices to pray. Amen. Now, this is what he said later. When he was giving his story later at another program, he said, I appeal to you pastors, because there were pastors in the room. He said, I appeal to you pastors. Please teach the people how to pray. Hallelujah. Like I'm teaching you how to pray. Amen. Please teach the people how to pray. The people who don't pray can be taken in anything and in anything by the devil and there are always ways that the enemy can exploit their lives and their prayers. The enemy knows even how to exploit the prayers of those who don't know how to pray. Teach the people how to use the spiritual weapons God gives. So he shared some of his expeditions. And he made a certain statement. He said, sometimes he will go out with other satanic agents and many demon spirits. It was as if they were working a shift in the same way that they've got to go to work on a shift. He had a regular time. You must also have a regular time for prayer. Amen. That he was required to go and wage war in the heavenlies. He said that in the heavenlies and in the spiritual realm, if the land is covered by a, blank, a blanket of darkness, and trust me, in Africa here, a lot of lands are covered by a blanket of darkness. Because of idol worship and things. When we're praying one of the days in a week, I told you that in the spirit, I saw footsteps on the land and they were no human footsteps. 
And I told you that those are territorial spirits. And that for that evening, demonic activity had gone up upon the land. Sometimes when festivals and kinds of all sorts of things are going to happen, libations are poured and all kinds of things are invoked. So we are here, but we are not here alone. But thank God we are the landlords. Hallelujah. We own the land and we determine what happens on the land. He said, the land is covered by a blanket of darkness. The blanket is so dense, it is like solid rock. Look, we've been to fire rallies, eh? You enter the place first day. It's as if there is some heavy thing sitting on the place. Those of you who have traveled with me, you know what I'm talking about. You enter the place and it's like, hey, what is this? Is this fire rally? Look, the heavens are open though. <laughs> so most of the time when I pick the microphone and they introduce me, if you, such an atmosphere, if you just start preaching, you realize the words will just be bouncing back like that. Bouncing back like that. When I pick the microphone, immediately we zoom into prayer, warfare, breaking the atmosphere. And then I call the worship team and they come and cut through the atmosphere with worship. By the time we are done, the atmosphere is open. Hallelujah. So these things are real. It's a blanket of darkness, which is like a rock. And it covers the whole area. The spirits are able to go on top and below of the blanket. And from there, influence events on earth. He said, when the evil spirits and human satanic agents finish their shift, they go down to earth at points of covenant, on water or on land, to refresh their spirits. Hey, they also go for retreat to refresh their spirits. And look at what they use to refresh their spirits. How do they refresh their spirits? By the sacrifices that the people give at the altars. So if you pour libation, you do this, you invite them, they come and drink, they suck the thing. By the sacrifices that the people give at these altars. But listen to this. There could be sacrifices in open witchcraft, sacrifices in bloodshed of all types, including abortion, including warfare, that is physical war, people killing each other, and human and animal sacrifices. There could be sacrifices of sexual immorality. When you are engaged in sexual immorality, you are feeding the demons around and giving them more power. That is what the man is telling you. Sexual immorality, in which people practice sexual perversions and all kinds of promiscuity. Such acts strengthen these power. And there are many different kinds of sacrifices. When you are doing those per sexual perversions, what you are doing is that you are strengthening, they feed on it. They retreat on it. It gives them more power. Hallelujah. He said that when satanic agents are up in the heavenly realm and Christians begin to pray on the earth, the Christian prayers appear to them in three forms. And this one is very important for you to note. Appear to them in three forms. And I chose this one because me, I've tested it with scripture and I know what they are saying is the truth. He said the prayers appear to them in three forms. All prayers appear like smoke that is rising towards heaven. And that gives credence to the fact that our prayers are like incense. You've seen incense being burnt before. So literally in the spirit, when you are praying, you are burning incense into heaven. And that is what they see there. It's like smoke rising towards heaven. Some of the prayers are like smoke that drifts along and vanishes in the air. It drifts along and it just vanishes in the air. 
These prayers come from people who live in conscious sin in their lives that they are not willing to deal with. You see, we've heard a lot of grace messages and we think sin doesn't have consequences in the life of a believer. But sin does have a, a, a consequence on the life of a believer. If you are living in known sin, you are not willing to repent, it affects the efficiency with which you pray and the effectiveness of the prayers. He said, you offer the incense all right, but it will just drift to the side like that. It can't break through that rock that they have formed. The psalmist said, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. Somebody will say, oh, but that is Old Testament. This is Psalm 66, 17 to 18. No time to read that, but go and read it later. If I regard iniquity, iniquity is sin, the Lord will not hear me. I'm trying to show you some of the things that prevent your, your, your prayers from being effective. Let's stop this whole thing about, oh, once you are born again, God can never get angry with you again. Sin, blah, 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 and all of Sin still has consequences in the life of a believer. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. So, if you say this is Old Testament... Let's come to New Testament. James 5.16. James 5.16. Some people be, don't even believe Christians must confess their sins. You do, they say, oh, no, no, you don't have to confess your sins. Hey. He says what? Confess your faults one to another and pray for one another that ye may be healed. Healed can be forgiven. Healed can be healing, emotional healing, whatever. The effectual, most of the time when we quote this scripture, it's just the end we quote. But it is preambled on the confession of sins. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Hallelujah. So it's not just about the prayer being fervent and effectual. Confess your sins. If you regard iniquity in your heart, it will affect God's hearing your prayers. Confess your sins, nonsense, confess genuinely. Because I said it's like the smoke just goes and then drifts away. It doesn't reach anywhere. He said their prayers are very weak and they are blown away and disappear in the air. Another type of prayer is also like smoke. So still in keeping with the incense thing. It rises upward until it reaches the rock. And as I told you, Africa, there are the rocks, they are playing to you. They are there. It cannot break through the rock. These prayers usually come from people who have tried to purify themselves but lack faith. That means praying with faith. Believing also has the ability to break through the resistance in the third heavens. Resistance in the third heavens, look. The prince of Persia and those people, they, that's where they operate, in the third heavens. In between where, you know, grace and all those things come from. They are in between. So they try to intercept things. And if you are praying and the prayer is not a prayer of faith, you believing according to the word of God, as the saying, it doesn't break through. He said they usually ignore the other important aspects that are needed. When someone prays the third type of prayer everybody say the third it's like smoke that is filled with fire 
smoke that is filled with fire. As it rises upward, it is so hot that when it reaches the rock, the rock begins to melt like wax. It pierces the rock and goes through. Now, the same scripture, when it comes to the effectual, fervent prayer of the righteous man, fervent, the Greek word is thermos. Everybody say thermos. Thermos means red, hot, and boiling. So if you put that in this sentence, the effectual, let's all say it together, the effectual word, red, hot, and boiling prayer of a righteous man availed much. Hallelujah. So if they see your prayers as fire, that is when you are praying with fervency. So you ask yourself, what is this fervency that we are talking about? Fervency is passion. Somebody say passion. Passion. Give me Acts chapter 4 verse 24. The people of God, the church, was facing persecution. And the Bible said they prayed. People display fervency in different ways. For somebody, the fervency is the fact that you lift up his voice. At the end of the day, it is the passion with which you pray that matters. Hallelujah. It must be boiling in your spirit. The prayer must be boiling in your spirit. That is when it will break through that rock and be effectual. They lifted up their voices. They said what? And when they heard that they had, when they heard that, they lifted up their voices of God with what? One accord. They lifted up their voices to God with one accord and said, Lord, thou art God which had made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in, that's in them is. Next verse. Who by the mouth of thy servant David has said, Why did the heathen rage? And the people imagine vain things. Next. The kings of the earth stood up, and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. Now, this is a prayer. The Bible said they prayed in, with one accord. It's a, it's a long prayer. So what I'm imagining is not like a prayer they have chewed or they have memorized. But it's like the declarations that we make together with one accord. Lift up your right hand. Say, Heavenly Father, say this. Because they all couldn't have chewed this long prayer and said it. Probably Peter or maybe John or somebody was leading them to pray this prayer. Hallelujah. And the Bible said they lifted up their voices. So it is not wrong to lift up your voice when you are praying. Amen. Some of you say, oh, prayer must be sanctimonious and this and this. And okay, that is yours. Amen. If somebody wants to cry out, maybe you have not faced persecution before. You've not had difficult situations in your life before. So you don't know how to lift up your voice and cry out unto God. The effectual fervent prayer of the righteous man. Some people's fervency comes in the tears that they shed while they pray. Sometimes the situation is difficult. You are praying and you shed tears. And the Bible tells us that the tears that we shed, they are actually collected in bottles. God collects the tears in bottles. Psalm 56, 6 to 8. Psalm 56, 6 to 8. So when you shed tears while you are praying, they are collected. They are like a memorial. Angel comes and shakes the tears in front of God. Charlie, God, you have to do something. Oh, something is happening. From 6 to 8. They gather themselves together. They hide themselves. They mark my steps. Some things are marking your steps. When they wait, 
for my soul. Next. They shall escape by iniquity. Also, shall they escape by iniquity? This is somebody petitioning. In thine anger, cast down the people, O God. Next. Thou tellest my wanderings, but thou my tears into thy bottle. Are they not in thy book? So God has a book of tears. Amen. You pray, you shed tears. They are recorded in heaven. I'm talking about fervent prayer now. Fervency, passion in prayer. Those passive prayers, oh God, you are holding a cup of coffee. And he says, those things, they are weak smoke. It doesn't crack anything. Hallelujah. You need to get into the mode of fervency. If you have to lift up your voice, lift up your voice. If you have to shed tears, shed tears. If you have to groan. The Bible says, for we do not know how to pray, but the Spirit of God maketh intercession for us with groanings that cannot be uttered. That is the Spirit of God praying. Oh, that's God praying. Jesus, he prayed until the sweat on his face became like blood. And that thing happened as a result of intense emotional agony. That is God praying. How much more you that you are praying to them? Hallelujah. Fervency. Another way of displaying fervency is restlessness. Somebody say restlessness. You become restless about the situation. No, this thing has been going on for too long. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of this habit. I'm tired of being defeated all the time. I'm tired of this trend in my country. I'm tired of this trend in my church. I'm tired of this trend in my family. You become restless. Jacob supplanted Esau and he went and collected the blessing. Esau came and he cried to his father. He said, is there only one blessing? And the father pronounced a half blessing upon him. And he told him that when you have become restless, you shall break his yoke from off your neck. Restlessness is what breaks yokes. Hallelujah. You must be restless. Why is this society so godless? Why are people not worshipping God? You must get restless in your spirit. Restlessness. He told us if you are restless, when you get restless, that is when you break the yoke. And he indeed got restless because he found another way of connecting to the blessing of Abraham. That one is for another time. He went and looked for one of Ishmael's is it daughters or granddaughters and married her because he knew that Ishmael was also blessed by God. Ishmael was Isaac's brother. So if the blessing on Isaac's line is finished, ah, Isaac has a half-brother somewhere who was also blessed. He went and married into that bloodline. That's how come Esau was also blessed. To the extent that when Jacob met him and Jacob wanted to give him some peace offering, 500 cattle or is it sheep or something? He said, I don't need it. I have enough. Hallelujah. If you can reject a gift of 500 sheep, it means you are blessed. Amen. It's because he became restless. I pray that God will make somebody restless about some situation today. Restlessness. That is fervency. Tears. Lifting up your voice. Restlessness. Praying with passion. That is what breaks through. And now let's look at what happens when the incense has finally gotten into heaven. Give me Revelation chapter 8. Revelation chapter 8. 3 to 5. Revelation chapter 8. I'm showing you what happens when your prayers have now broken through. Revelation 8. 3 to 5. 
He says, and another angel came and stood at the altar, having a golden censer. The censer is that thing that they used to have the incense is carried in. And there was given unto him much incense. Everybody say incense. That he should offer it with the prayers of all the saints upon the golden altar which was before the throne. Next. And the smoke of the incense which came with the prayers of the saints ascended up before God out of the angel's hand. Next. And the angel took the censer and filled it with what? Fire from the altar. Fire from the altar. And did what? Cast it to the earth. So after the prayer has broken through, gone into heaven, they take the incense, mix it with fire from the altar of the Lord, and this is what happened. And cast it onto the earth, and there were what? Voices. When you pray, there will be voices thundering in the realm of the spirit. And there were thunderings, and lightnings, and an earthquake. Hallelujah. When you pray, you intercede, you break through. Fire is mixed with the prayer. So if the prayer has to go to your hometown, the angel rolls the thing like this and directs it back. When it gets there, voices, thunderings, lightnings, earthquakes begin to take place. Things begin to shake in the realm of the spirit. No wonder in Acts chapter 4, when they lifted up their voice with one accord, the Bible said the building began to shake. Paul and his partner were in prison. The Bible said they lifted up prayer and began to sing praises. Suddenly, the building began to shake. The gates broke. The chains broke. And even people who were not taking part in the praise and who were not taking part in the prayers had their liberation. Your prayers will bring liberation to somebody that is around you. It will bring liberation to your family. It will bring liberation to your school. It will bring liberation to your country. Earthquakes, thunderings, voices. Because somebody needs some voice to go and speak to somebody somewhere. Some thunderings must take place to scatter certain gatherings in the realm of the spirit. Some lightnings must flash for some people even to have an encounter with God like Paul did. That is what happens when you have prayed fervently and your prayers have broken through. I pray that God will take you to a new level of prayer. I pray that there will be a certain restlessness in your spirit from today that when you wake up in the morning and you have not lifted up your voice unto God you will be restless until you go into the presence of God and lift up some incense unto him and I'm telling you when you get to that point by your mouth and by you being on your knees kingdoms will be turned around situations will be turned around lives will be turned around Things in your own life are going to be brought back into alignment with the will of God for your life. I want you to stand to your feet.